0: See? Hey everyone! Hi, hello! Welcome to another exciting episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm sitting here in Dining Room Studios, solo, but surrounded by a lot of pieces of paper, a lot of microphones, and a lot of beverages. Well, specifically two: coffee and this uh, sparkling water bev. Do I call it a bev? I don't know. I guess I just did. Uh, that you guys know I drink and. Earth shattering news in the world of just me and my soda. They recently repackaged it. And whereas it used to have zero calories, it now has 10 calories per bottle, which is not really a problem. However, I've long suspected that it might actually, I've long suspected and feared that it might actually not really be zero calorie as it has claimed. And I've been drinking this for years because one time I spilled it. By the way, this is not how I intended to start the show. I had other plans. But then my passion for talking about calories took over. But don't worry, we'll talk about other stuff soon. Anyway, one time I spilled it, which normally with a true diet soda would not be a problem because it's essentially just water. If anything, where you spill it will end up cleaner than before because of the scrubbing effect of the bubbles. However, uh, I spilled it and then when it evaporated, I noticed it was slightly sticky and I thought, "Uh uh-oh, this is not just water. And lo, all these years later, turns out I was right. Anyway, uh, this is going to be a solo show. Just me clearing my throat into the mic for, I don't know, an hour to an hour and a half. Um, I had a guest, Lauren Savon, look her up. She's hot right now, but she had to reschedule. So I said, that's okay, because I've got some things to get off my chest with the listeners. I will answer their questions. I will potentially talk about news. I was going to talk about news. However, today's Friday morning, and there is a school shooting in Texas, the 8th, one. this is that possible? The eighth one this week, the number eight is standing out of my mind. Maybe that's because there's that's how many victims there are. Uh, I did not read up on it entirely because I didn't want to spend that much time talking about it because I don't even fucking know what there is to say anymore. Um, it's, I remember after the Sandy Hook shooting thinking because it, you know, because it was was children and it was so awful and thinking maybe this will finally shake people out of of their malaise and maybe finally something will change. And that's like, so many things have not changed since, there's been so many deaths from school shootings. I mean, that one's just like, that's yesteryear's tragedy. So I don't even, I don't really, I don't know what to say about it. I, I, I feel kind of sick over it and I feel like not only is there a reluctance to take action, but even if action was taken, would that change anything? I don't know. I say, let's try, but I just sort of have this feeling that something is set in motion and it feels as if it cannot be stopped. And as I was going to say as the mother of a child, also the mother of a dog. Um, But I think that I felt the same way before I had a kid as well. Uh, Elliot's not in school yet, but I think once he is, that's going to be scary on a really personal level. Um, I also remember thinking years ago, this thought popped into my head. And it didn't seem crazy. And it was, why, does, why don't people wear bulletproof vests all the time? Like, they're, you know, at all times, you're sort of in danger of being shot at. So why not just, it, there is something that could protect you. So why not just wear that all the time? And then it was explained to me that they're like really thick and uncomfortable and stuff. But I don't know. What if that's actually the sad direction all of this goes? Not preventing the shootings, but preventing the damage from the shootings. Which would be fairly novel if that could happen. Anyway, see, look, I didn't want to spend that much time on this because uh because you can go everywhere to hear people's thoughts on tragedy. Uh and and uh I guess what I was gonna say is I want this show to be a bit of an escape. Uh, but I don't want to paint myself into the I only am escapist corner. But in general, yes. In general, you know, I'm not a, I'm not hard hitting, uh, but I could be if you're out there hiring hard hitting women, just like that Cat Stevens song. Okay, the other things I wanted to say. Okay, so now this is going to be a rapid chain. Oh, you know what I could do? This is what I'll do to, uh, to, to, to put. A segue in here, I will remind you that I have a book out, Tropical Attire Encouraged and Other Phrases That Scare Me. Go to my website, alisonrosen.com, and there's many a place to click on from my website that'll take you to Amazon where you can buy the books. It's also available other places I recommend just getting it at Amazon. It's available in all formats, etc. Also, while you're at alisonrosen.com, there are ringtones, t-shirts, pins, assorted other stuff available. And I'm on Patreon, patreon.com slash Alison Rosen. It's where you go for fun, bonus stuff, extra rewards, extra content. Um, so much access to me, you'll beg me to leave you alone. Okay, so I'm going to take some questions. I've got them in front of me. I also want to just fill you guys in on some life stuff. Daniel got into a car accident. He's fine, thankfully, but his car is totaled. So we suddenly are finding ourselves in the position of needing to get a car ASAP. Perhaps not ASAP. He has a rental for like another week and a half. That feels like ASAP. Uh, and I'm not excited about this. And I don't mean to be a princess or something about it. Uh, well, I think it's understandable why I wouldn't be excited about it. Um, and Yes, a, a car is exciting, but this is just not the time that we were planning on doing this, we've both known for a while, given that we both drive small cars, we've known that that's not tenable since we have a kid. Uh, and aven- and plus it's like hard to get Elliot into the car seat in my small car. So I look forward to having more space. At the same time, I just thought we had more time to do this. And I'm a person who likes to do research, and it takes me a while to make up my mind. So having to buy a car with a, with a a with a rush is not exciting at all. And I don't know where to start. And it's just funny how much it instantly be kind of becomes an ego thing. Like, like, I never considered a Subaru. But maybe I should consider a Subaru Outback or Forester. Seems like people like them. So I was, you know, googling and looking at the website today. And then I thought, but am I a Subaru person? Similarly, I had that thought, am I a Honda person? Now, I was a Honda person for years because I think we're considering the Honda CRV, v perhaps. Uh, and I loved my first Honda and I hated my second Honda, but I do think Hondas are very reliable. I feel like we might end up with a Honda CRV. I I don't know. I do enjoy a heated seat though. So no matter what, that's the luxury item I can't let go, the heat warmers. Seat warmers, the heated seat warmers, the heated wheat warmers. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. And I think also at some point there was probably this fantasy of like, maybe we're the luxury SUV people. But this is coming at a time of our life where we're not. Turns out, turns out we're not those people. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we're definitely going to get a used car. Anyway, so that's going on. Uh, and the other thing, come gaze into my belly button with me. Uh, so I get up early with Elliot cause he gets up early cause he's a baby and most babies get up early and I got up a little after seven this morning and then his babysitter got here a little before eight and she watches him so I can shower and prep for the show and you know, et cetera. However, and I've talked about this before cause it's been a, it's been an ongoing problem. Sometimes instead of just getting to my day, I think I'm just gonna, just gonna get back into bed for just a moment. I just need to wake up on my terms. So, and someone's watching Elliot. So what's the problem with that? So I get back into bed and I'm not even particularly tired at that point. And then I set my alarm for an hour later. And then by the time I wake up an hour later, I am like Rip Van Winkle. Like, what day is it? What's going on? And the only thing that really wakes me up at that point Is 12 more hours of sleep? Not really. What I was going to say is the only thing that really wakes me up at that point is a full shower and washing my hair. Sometimes even after that, I'm not fully awake. And I don't understand why this happens. Because if I just got on with my day and never went back to bed, I would be fine and I'd probably get a little tired around noon or something. So why is it that when I get back into bed and I sleep from, let's say, 7.55 to 9.11 or something more straightforward... I am so, so out of it when I wake up. I even had a dream that I, uh, <laughs> I had a dream that I sent an all caps, all subject email message to the people that, that send me my ad copy. And I just wrote, need ad copy stat. I'm so much more in my dreams because in real life, the email I sent was, hi, just checking in about this. I don't know. Okay, let's get to some questions. When we ask, they send them in. They're wondering how you have been. So thanks so much for answering these questions from our friends. Can you hear the paper wrestling? Okay. So I took questions on all available places to shoot me questions. Uh, And a lot of questions came in on Twitter. However, I made a special spot on Patreon for people to send me their questions. That's just one of the Patreon perks you get. Okay, so first I'm gonna take the Patreon questions. Here we go. Rafael Castaneda says, I have a list of Allison-related dates. On May 5th, 1998, your band opened for Manic Hispanic. What do you remember about that show? I would like to know the other Allison-related dates you have. So uh, that would have been Cinco de Mayo. And what I remember is, unfortunately, zero. I remember zero about that show. May 5th, 1998, that would have been in the fairly early days of the band. I would have been pretty fat at that point. And I think, I think maybe the show was at Club Mesa. I'm wondering if you have that information as well or if you just have the dates. But I don't, I don't remember much. But if it was, wait, some stuff's coming back to me. If it was at Club Mesa, then it was raining pretty hard that night. And I was wearing... Pleather boots with like a square toe. And I was a big gal and I was wearing a black, like velveteen shirt that had one of those button situations where either it's too high, the button's too high, and I look like I'm like a librarian, or it's too low and you're seeing too much. So I had safety pinned it shut. I wore that shirt a lot, um, but I don't know if it's that show. And and the color blue is coming to mind. So maybe I had on blue eyeshadow. That's I. It takes. A, it's hard to pull off blue eyeshadow, and I wish I had never tried. That's those are my memories. But again, I'm not sure that those relate to that specific show. But those are some memories. Okay. Jessica Kadosh. Or K- I met her at the book signing. By the way, she's delightful. Who was your fictional TV crush? Mine is Don Draper, Mad Men. Well, Don Draper is super cute. Um, I was, n- I was not super into my so called life, but I was into Jordan Catalano. Who else is my fictional TV crush? Well, this isn't TV, but I'm, and this, this not only is, is it not TV, it's also not quite answering your question, but Hugh Grant in Notting Hill, uh, I just Hugh Grant across the board, and he's not really my type, so it's weird that I find myself sort of drawn to Hugh Grant, but, but especially in Notting Hill. And then also, again, this is movies, not TV, but I had a thing for Val Kilmer, so uh, I definitely enjoyed Val Kilmer in um, Real Genius, and I wonder if I were to watch it now, if I would find his character obnoxious or um, hot. I don't know. I also had it, had it bad for Steven Dorff for a while. And he was on an episode of Roseanne where he dated Becky. I think it might have just been one episode, though. And I had that on VHS and I would watch that more than once. So, yeah, those are my TV crushes. Okay, Jessica also says, more serious question. What do you think was the most valuable lesson you learned from your time working with Adam Carolla? Good question. Um, I mean, I think I got a, a ton of experience, but I don't think that's that's exactly what you're asking. What do you think was the most valuable lesson you learned? Um... Ah, uh, please enjoy this silence while I think about that. It's hard to pin it down to one most valuable lesson you learned um maybe some life lessons about keeping your boss happy, like put it actively, putting time into keeping your boss happy and kissing the ring a little more. Again, I didn't realize that he was growing resentful of me or upset with, like I didn't know any of that, but I think maybe now dropped into that situation again, I would hopefully have seen it a little more clearly. Um, I, You know, because I think that I had the attitude of like, here's what's right and here's what's fair, and I'm gonna let that be my guide because what is being asked of me is not fair. And Adam cares about fairness, and he, you know, he doesn't care about emotional stuff. It's all about logic and fairness and and rational, you know, things that are rational and like that's what he claims. And yet. I think maybe he wants that to be true, but I don't think that's true. So I was just like, "Here's what's fair, and here were the terms of my deal, and I'm gonna go forward, and I'm gonna f- feel free to speak to him about <laughs> what is fair." And uh, in the end, that was probably not okay, and i I did need to acquiesce on a lot of fronts that I didn't uh, that I thought were like. But Adam himself wouldn't even think this is... I mean, a lot of it... I, I realize I'm speaking in vagaries. I don't like to get into the weeds of it that much. But a lot of it is like, at that place, there's so many barriers in between you and him. So stuff that was being asked of me or communicated to me wasn't coming from him. And I just thought, I don't even think he would agree with this. This is so anti the... the. Uh, anti what he preaches on his show that like what I don't know. Sorry, I know I I don't like to get I don't like to get super deep into it. And so I hope that I'm not just frustrating you by even by being even more vague. Um, But I guess maybe some kind of cynical and gross life lessons about being more politic is what I learned. Also, I learned that I don't do well in those kind of situations. So Ultimately, I need to be true to myself and I need to be able to say what I truly believe. And it, there's only so long that I can pretend to be other than who I am, or that I can, like, I'm just really bad. I'm just really bad at having a poker face, I guess. Uh, Daniel has told me this for a long time that, like, you're how you feel, you can read it on your face. So I might have been bothered by this and that, but I thought as long as I come in and I do a good job, which I I know that there's like revisionist history that's like I was checked out at the end. I really didn't think I was, and I really don't think I was. Um, I really do think that I was doing a good job up until the end. And for the people who think that, I wasn't I would be like, what are you pointing to? because I can think of like a ton of shit I brought to the show at the you know very end, but um, all that being said, I think that I lost my train of thought. Thanks, you guys have made me lose my train, just kidding it's not it's not your fault it's me. it's me. What the fuck was I saying um mm-mm, 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 mm-mm. that's one of one of Elliot's many toys that plays music plays that so i'm just humming one of elliot's toys while i try to remember my train of thought um fuck it's lost you guys oh well next episode we'll revisit okay trice sanders says you seem to have a certain amount of hair-based anxiety this is- this is astute, both in general and with regards to cutting it shorter. Are you planning on a new look or are you going to lean in and just go full crystal gale? Thank you for this question. I feel seen, heard, and understood. I've had long hair for forever. Uh, I have been just, just last night thinking like, what if I shook it up a bit? What if I cut my hair? I have this thought roughly every few weeks. My friend Izzy just cut her hair. She said she told me that she had been fantasizing about a bob, and then she just went out and did it. And uh, that, that get-her-done attitude regarding hair, I admire that. I don't have that. I feel like a lot of people have that regarding bangs. They're like, I feel like I'm going to get bangs. And then instantly they regret it. What used to happen... What used to happen is I would go to a hair place. Maybe it's an Orange County versus LA thing. Maybe it had to do with my age. I don't know. But I would go to a hair place and I would be like, I don't want to cut too much. And they'd be like, your hair is doing nothing for you. It's just a big triangle. And then I'd walk out and I'd feel like they violated my hair. They cut way too much. All of a sudden, now I have like chic layers. This is not what I wanted. However, I go back at pictures and I look at them, I go back at them, and I look at them, and I'm like, my hair was much more stylish than it is now. It's just a big triangle now. But for the last many years, when I've gone in to get my hair cut in LA, I say I don't want to cut too much, and they respect that, and I walk out with barely any cut. So it's weird. I don't know what the difference is. In New York, that happened as well. I would get i would get more more would be taken off than i wanted and i'm wondering a little bit uh and i hope this isn't a self aggrandizing comment but in orange county i was like this heavy set insecure blob walking in and i think they're like well the least we can do for her is give her jennifer aniston's hair i didn't really have that but i had something closer to that and then in New York as well, I had lost weight, but I was still like, I wasn't who I am now. And I think now when I go in, they know that I have a public persona. And I mean, I remember one hair cutter person even saying something about, I mean, this is even how you have your hair in your logo. So I think that they're afraid to mess with my hair because... Like, I, I, because I sort of have an image now, which maybe that's good, but I feel like I need someone to save me from myself. Except I don't want, I'm very, see, see, here's the hair anxiety. I need, you know what? I need to get real clear on what I want, and then I need to just go in and say it. And that's the problem is that I have a real hard time figuring out what I want until I see it. I've even, for many years, thought I should just go to a wig shop, try on different wigs, because I also want to, you know, maybe I want to change my hair color. I don't know. You guys, is this show good? I hope so. Do you enjoy this long pause? I hope so. I want to talk to you guys about Casper. Whatever mattress you're sleeping on, unless you're sleeping on like a Casper mattress, you need to get a Casper mattress. You will sleep better on one. If you have a partner who snores, you will hear his snoring less. This is not something they claim, but I just noticed that when we got a Casper, I heard Daniel snoring less and he is a loud snorer and Wendy is as well. I sleep with two snort. Wendy's our dog in case someone tuned in just for this part of the show. I just want them to know I sleep with a husband and a dog and they both snore. Allison Rosen is your new best friend is supported in part by Casper. My listeners are invited to take advantage of Casper's competitive, limited-time Memorial Day sale offer. Casper is the place to shop for Memorial Day mattress savings this year. They sell directly to you, eliminating added costs and saving you money. You can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. And returns are hassle-free if you're not completely satisfied. That's big, you guys. 100 nights to try it out. And then if you don't like it, you're just like, hello, this is not working for me. Hassle free. They take it away. Casper has three mattress lines to choose from. The original Casper, the innovative Wave, and the streamlined Essential. The breathable design of each mattress helps you sleep cool and regulates your body temperature throughout the night. And it's great. You order the mattress. It arrives in a box. Not a tiny box, but one that's small enough that you're like, how is there a whole bed in there? You open it up and you watch your mattress unfurl. It's magical. For a limited time, visit casper.com slash savings and receive 10% off your order with any mattress purchase. This special offer expires May 29th, 2018. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, so there's something else that I had neglected to mention, which is that Uh, Daniel and I are in escrow on a house we will be moving I haven't told my landlord yet because we're planning on like we're still within the I guess I've wanted everything to be all neat and tidy and for sure and tied up with a bow before mentioning it just in case because at any point in this whole process it's always like things could go sideways so uh, I've been waiting to make sure it's like 100% sure I don't think she listens to my podcast. So I think we're okay. But uh, that's happening. And that is why the car purchase that I mentioned at the beginning of the show, that's why this couldn't happen at a worse time. Because this is like, it's just too much change. And it's also just too much money. (laughs) So yeah, I'm trying to think what made me think of, of, of mentioning that. Uh I think probably I was thinking about the Casper box and mattresses and moving and all that. Um Ray Oldhofer who is I love him. He came and saw the new house and walked through with us cuz I was having intense doubts about it. And we there was another house that we walked away from which I talked about on the show and this one I felt more excited about and so then I couldn't I couldn't believe that there I was near the end of the process with intense doubts again, thinking, is this just my thing? Am I like the runaway bride of houses? Uh, But Ray came and looked and, and made us feel better about it. So it needs some work before we move in, which I was very certain that I didn't want to get into that situation. Cause I know friends who did renovations or remodels and none of them seem happy. I mean, they all seem happy with the final product, but it's just such a pain in the ass. So I really wanted something turnkey even though in the words of my mother you really pay a premium for turnkey. And this house appeared turnkey, but then lo and behold all the inspections revealed that it is cosmetically pretty good, but it needs new new a new roof and a new HVAC and all that. Um and then some other little like cosmetic things which shouldn't be that hard. So and also like this is a small thing, but the bathroom Window. Did you guys know that I have a weird thing in my brain where I confuse the words window and mirror? And I have to pause before I say either of them so that I say the correct one because I just almost said bathroom mirror right now. Bathroom window is is not frosted. It's just clear glass. Why? Why would you do that? Why would you upgrade the bathrooms? They upgraded the bath. They, re- they redid the bathrooms entirely. And then... I don't understand. Why would you do this? So that's a tiny thing, but we need to get it frosted or whatever. And like, I don't know the first thing about how do you do that? Do you just paint something on? Cause I could take one of my frosted lipsticks and smear it all over the way. I'd suspect that's not how you do it. I bet there's like a decal or something you can get online. Uh, but anyway, I need someone to just like head up this whole project. It's more than just the window. Uh, And I don't, what what Ray doesn't know is I might ask him. And Ray has a podcast and you should check it out. It's called Do Tell Ray. Check it out. Okay. Back to the questions. Greg Panetta says, Would you ever consider doing a third show each week where you just smoke weed and talk about current events or even better history? You can call it and Rosen is your new high friend, or maybe an extra Patreon episode. You can even do edibles with dequants on the snappy. I'm sure Chef Jeff would babysit. Well, I am wondering how serious your question is. Uh, at one point, when I first went solo, I did do it. I a te- I was planning on doing a third episode each week, and I even recorded an episode of what I was calling Gal Chat. And it was Esther Pavitsky, Ginger Gonzaga, Ginger is on Esther's show alone together. This is before their show. And then Jenna Kim Jones. And I mentioned this recently to Jackie Johnson, because now there's all these Gal Chat-esque type podcasts cropping up. There's Forever 35, Um, there's Natch Butte, which I'm going to be on next week. I'm recording it next week. I don't know if it's going to, when it's going to air exactly. Uh, and then, oh my God, Gigant, oh, Glowing Up. Yeah, there's Esther's podcast, Glowing Up. Uh, and I just want everyone to know, I invented that with my Gal Chat episode. So anyway, we did that, and it was... It didn't gel in the way, it didn't gel and flow in the way I wanted it to. I don't think I ever went back and listened to it though. And I do have a rule with myself, which is, and I've had to develop this rule over the years. It is, if I have an opinion about a podcast that I did, I can't really lean into that opinion until I've gone back and listened because so many times I've had a feeling about how something went and then I went back and listened and I'm like, oh, that was fine. Like, even something as small as this... Have I had Kumail Nanjiani on the show once or twice? Um, Maybe just once. And when I had Kumail on, it was a really good episode. But I think I walked away from it being like, I don't know if he like, I felt like maybe there was something weird about that episode. And then I listened back and I'm like, this was a great episode. I also had that feeling with Laura Keitlinger. listen back. It was a great episode. Um, there was another, Oh, even I love Rory Scovel. I love all the people I mentioned, but with Rory a tiny bit, I felt like, is this like not flowing? And then I went back and listened, and it was fine. So oftentimes it's just me and it's, it's, I don't know what I'm reacting to. So, uh, so yeah, maybe that episode was fine. But anyway, I've been thinking about that episode lately. I want to make it available for Patreon subscribers, but I got to find it. I cannot remember. I can't remember where it is, but it's somewhere. So that is something that I will make available at some point, just for, just for the fun of listening to it. Uh, in terms of us doing drugs, so I asked my fertility doctor, is it okay if I smoke pot? Uh, and then, but I didn't say it exactly like that. I said in parentheses, I'm not a regular smoker. It's a, it's a one-time thing for a show. And she wrote back one time is fine. So that leads me to think that regular pot smoking would not be good, uh, given that I am trying to get pregnant. So I would have, I need to ask her a little more, like what are the parameters? Cause I did read something that said that if you smoked pot more than 90 times, that could have a negative effect on fertility. And I was thinking, well, fuck, <laughs> I think I spent college stoned. Uh, but I did ask her, could college smoking have any effect? And she said, no, like over eight. She said something like if you ask over 80% of people, I'm sure that. And I can't remember what the end of her sentence was. And I seem to have this problem with doctors where I can only remember the first parts of their sentences. And I don't know if that's because they don't finish their sentences or if I don't finish listening. I suspect it's the latter. Okay. Um, Becky Milner says, will you put Elliot in private or public school? The plan is public school. Trice wants to know also, is Frigid Tim from the Underwear story Tim from your band? Uh, And also, are you reluctant to release Angora's stuff for rights issues between you and the other band members? No. Frigid Tim from my story is 100% not Tim from the band. Those are two separate Tims. That'd be crazy if it was the same Tim though, but it is not. Um, and, uh, I would be reluctant to charge for Angora's stuff because it belongs to all of us. In terms of just making it available, I don't think they would have a problem with that. The, the actual reason I haven't is just the logistics of like, well, I have it on CD and I have it on cassette and I no longer have a CD drive. So Daniel does though. It it is detachable and it is currently detached, but we could attach it. I mean, it's it's possible to do all of this stuff. I just haven't. Um, but David Huntsberger put the song Steak Knife at the end of one of the episodes of Space Cave that I was on. So I'm wondering where he grabbed that. I don't know if he got it from the YouTube video or if he heard it elsewhere. So I don't know. I really should. Ma- it's, it's really just, it's logistics and it's like having this, making sure they're all okay with it, which is not a problem. I just, as, as expressed earlier, I just like to go back to sleep. Okay. Jennifer says, unless I missed it, could you talk about the movie I Feel Pretty? Your thoughts and what you would or would not change about it. Okay. Yes. I definitely, definitely have things to say about I Feel Pretty. I hope I can articulate them. And I had seen it bef- not right before, but I think the day before, yes, the day before I did Getting Dug with High. And I thought to myself, don't get high and try to articulate this because you don't even know if you can articulate it sober. So, I was very defensive of the movie ahead of time. I don't know why. Um, Perhaps because I like Amy Schumer and I like Rory and I like 80 and I like busy. By the way, I don't, I only know Amy and Rory. I don't know the other two, Uh, but I just rattled off their names. Like we're on a first name basis, but um, I kept encountering articles that said stuff like this is setting women back because we are supposed to believe that Amy Schumer is not well I don't know if if they put it that way we're supposed to believe that she's not a model but it's like Amy Schumer is beautiful and she is a movie star and she is thin so blah 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 blah. and I felt like come on she she's beautiful and charismatic and she's definitely not unattractive but she's not who this culture holds up as what you're supposed to look like and and to pretend otherwise is disingenuous so I felt like these people are just splitting hairs when, or being, are they being pedantic? I'm forgetting exactly what the word pedantic means right now. But, but they're being disingenuous if they're trying to say that this movie doesn't hold up because Amy Schumer is skinny and she is all these things that this movie claims that she isn't. Uh, Is there anyone who doesn't know the premise of the movie? I'm just going to say what the premise is. The premise is Amy Schumer, insecure girl, bangs her head and wakes up. And even though she hasn't changed at all, she suddenly thinks she's like the most beautiful woman in the world. And suddenly she acts confidently and blah, blah, blah. And um, hilarity and some lessons ensue. So anyway, I I, I was very defensive of it. And I rejected what I kept reading which is this movie is anti-feminist and this movie doesn't work and blah 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 and I felt like I mean I almost had something written in my head before I saw it by the way it turns out I was wrong about most things uh I almost had something written in my head before I saw it which was like can't we accept that it's allegorical uh this is an, you know, regardless of like what size she actually is, it's an allegory and we c- we can imagine it and, and be figurative about it, can't we? Anyway, within like three minutes of seeing the movie, I realized what to me the problem is. And the problem is the way it is written. The beginning of the movie, they, she is being treated as if she's super gross and very overweight and a real misfit and quite a troll. But she's Amy Schumer, who's like maybe a size 10 or. <laughs> and she's fairly stylish. And it's not even like at the beginning she's Sandra Bullock in Miss Congeniality. Or something. But what I mean to say is it's not... Like, they don't... She doesn't even experience a makeover. Like, she's fairly stylish at the beginning of the movie. And she continues being stylish. Because the whole point is that the way she regards herself in the mirror changes. And so her behavior changes. But her actual looks don't change at all. So throughout the movie, she's fairly stylish. Now, granted, when she goes to the exercise class, everyone there is wearing sleek black. And she's wearing pink. So she stands out for that reason. But she doesn't appear to be very overweight. She's obviously not model skinny, but she's just like, she looks very much like a regular woman. So I suspect most people in the audience are identifying with her. And then you see her treated like she's Jack Black and not even Jack Black, but like you could imagine Jack Black playing that character. You see her treated like she's like, it's it's hard to come up with an example of what she's treated as which isn't insulting uh so i'm you can imagine what i'm saying like she's treated like she's just like you but um but because you in the audience are identifying with her as a real woman it becomes pretty insulting like hey that's kind of what i look like and i i felt okay until i watched the beginning of this movie like i didn't feel like it was that far fetched to think that i'm relatively attractive so for me that is what was wrong with the movie it's like and and maybe this is what they were trying to do when she feels pretty it's a delusion. She suddenly sees herself much differently than she is. And similarly, when she feels ugly, it is a delusion. She feels much more unattractive than she is objectively in the world of the movie. However, I don't... So an argument could be made that, that, that that's what they were doing. And I think I've read that argument. I think maybe the... Was it the Rolling Stone article claimed that? Except that I don't think that as the movie's written that's what they're trying to do. I don't think they're trying I mean I think they're trying to say she felt she had really low self-esteem. However, people are treating her as if she's like a big blob in the beginning of the movie. It's not just how she's perceiving it. It is the way she's being treated. So, I think the problem is how the universe of the movie is treated and how she fits in in that universe. I have to cough. Hold please. <coughs> Okay, those are my thoughts about the movie. That being said, I still like everyone in the movie. Um, but I just like I said, I realized, you know, a few minutes into it, oh, I get I get now why people are are pushing back against it. Onward with the questions. But first, Sometimes it's hard to find a satisfying vape that's simple and convenient. Blue, who introduced vaping to the world, is now introducing my Blue. And you know who introduced me to Blue? Uh, not personally, although I wish. Stephen Dorff. He was the blue guy. My Blue gives you all the satisfaction with none of the hassle. Just click and go. With My Blue's easy-to-use one-click liquid pods, you can switch between flavors in seconds, a range of flavors to choose from. My Blue's curved design makes it comfortable to use, just 20 minutes to charge and you're set all day. It comes with a free, limited lifetime device warranty called MyCare. Try MyBlue today at myblue.com. Enter code Rosen during checkout for 10% off your order. That's my, com. Enter code Rosen at checkout. A question just came in. I just checked my phone because I'm coordinating when Wendy's getting a walk. And Lisa Murphy Tate would like to know Do you set up your own interviews for Mondays or do you have a booker? This one was set up through a booker, but generally I set them up myself. No, I set them up myself. Um, that was one of the things I was worried about going solo because my producer always handled the, my former producer always handled the coordinating of the interviews. Uh, not the, specifically the guests, but like I would tell him who I want and, and usually send him the contact info. Uh, and, the, but he would handle the actual time and, you know, here's the directions and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and, I thought it's going to be so time consuming and this is going to be like the one of the hardest things, but turns out it's really not. Um, it just, yeah, I'm luckily it's not, it might be one of the, well, I was going to say it might be one of those things where it's like, it's just easier to do it yourself. I don't necessarily think that's true though. Um, but it turns out that it, I, I, I don't find it to be a huge, a huge, uh, chore. Okay. Lisa Says she's a lot of questions. I don't, that's not a negative. I'm just letting you guys know. We got five Lisa questions. How many weeks are you booked for Monday? How many weeks out are you booked for Monday episodes? Right now, um, I have this week and the next. So right now, I'm three weeks booked. Sometimes I am not booked that far. And I used to be like six weeks booked out in advance. And also, I used to always have a few episodes in the can. And now I just record them the week before. It's just easier for me. uh, And things stay more relevant, I think. But sometimes, for example, thinking about potentially moving, I think maybe it'd be better if I had some in the can. We recorded a bunch before Elliot was born. I don't know. I don't know the best, best... Bet for all of that, but anyway, yeah, three weeks booked out right now. Are there topics you steer away from because DQ is on the show? Um, the Thursday show, probably some discussion of sex. I find that when I'm recording with Fitzsimmons, which by the way, someone asked, are we still doing our podcast? Yes, hundred percent, we are. He's currently in New York scheduling has not been our friend but that podcast is still happening and when it finally happens it's going to be so good I'm very excited about it uh, but it's just take. it's just we're just having trouble getting it off the ground but it is happening we've already done some recording and um, when I talk to him we talk more openly about sex I think And and other, I've noticed that I do that on other shows too. I think probably with Daniel right there, I wouldn't want to make him uncomfortable. So maybe that. um, Do sponsors request ad placement? Sometimes a little bit, um, and then sometimes no. But they like they you know there's there's a specific it it's specified whether it can be pre roll or mid show. How much show prep for Thursday? Um, I mean, given that it is a highly produced work of art, you'd think that it takes me hours and hours and hours. But it really doesn't take me that long. I try to jot down notes during the week, and you know, I've got to gather the just me or everyone's and various stuff for various segments. But, um, I mean, I, I definitely put put some time into it the day of. Um, and then I'm thinking about it all week. But it really doesn't... Pre- the show could use more prep, okay? I think it maybe it could. <laughs> Changing the subject. Uh, did pot help with mood at all? While I was stoned, I was in a good mood. And then I felt down the next day. So I don't know if that is directly correlated um, or not. But... It did I was pretty cheery while I was stoned, and then I was stoned for like I felt like okay, I'm ready for this to be over. And 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 it wasn't. It was it was I felt high for a while after that. Bruised by Dawn says, Have you ever considered writing a play? I literally have never considered it. I mean, right now I'm considering it, but prior to this moment, no. I'm just I'm good with prose. Even writing a script which agents always want you to write a script. It's at least mine have in the past. uh, And I think it's good to have a script. I'm not even, and I think also there's this idea of like, you're a good writer. It would be easy for you to do this. And to that, I say, I am. I'm a fantastic writer and I'm finding it really hard to write a script. I haven't tried in a while. I have many first pages on my computer I don't know. It's just uh, something about that format. I feel like maybe I should take a class. Let me rephrase. I feel like perhaps I should have taken a class. I don't think I'm going to do it now, but maybe that would have helped me nail the format. I don't know. Shannon says, what's the best advice you've ever received? Who's your dream interview? If you could go back and tell Allie Michelle anything, what would you say to her? Baked potato or mashed? I would tell her baked. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, the best advice you've ever received. Goodness. Goodness. I've received a lot of good advice. Um I think something that I find myself leaning into By the way, am I saying leaning into too much? I feel like it's like my phrase of the the week or something. Um pay attention Someone told me pay attention to your energy when trying to make a decision, like what excites you, what enervates you, etc. So I try to pay attention to my energy. Um, Oh, I got to go back and, and, and address something though from before, which is when I started talking about the house, when I was having those intense doubts about the house. I realized what was happening was I... I don't want, I can't, I feel like I can't figure anything out life-wise until I figure out if I'm able to get pregnant again. And I want to freeze time until I can figure that out. So I can't get excited about anything else moving forward in my life until I get this big chunk squared away. And then once I had that epiphany, did I already share this epiphany on the show? Am I losing my mind? I think I did. God damn it. Because I remember mentioning that I had two epiphanies, and I only shared one, and I think this one was the one I shared. Oh, well. Well, now I can't remember if I shared that epiphany. Was there even a third epiphany? I'm so epiphanious. It's not a real word, but I want it to be. Um, Epiphanious? No, that one doesn't roll off the tongue as well. Anyway, I'll wrap it up because I think I'm repeating myself. Yeah, I realized – but once I realized that's what was going on, that's why I was so blocked, then I could get excited about the house again and be okay with that moving forward. And even thought to myself, if I'm not able to get pregnant again – which, by the way, it'll be okay. Uh, It's just that when you do IVF, it really – you you get so invested financially, emotionally, time wise that it like you get it's it's hard to both do IVF and feel cavalier about the outcome. Um, but I keep trying to I have to keep reminding myself like we have Elliot and I have a good life and it'll be okay because um, it's easy to get hung up on everything. But anyway, um, yeah, I thought you know. Let the other things in my life progress and move forward. And even though I'm scared, like I think we're ready for this next step. And that could actually be a source of comfort if if it ends up that I don't get pregnant and I'm dealing with the disappointment from that. All right. And the whole situation of what's going on with trying to get pregnant, that's a whole separate topic, which I will fill you guys in on at some point. And I think that point will be right now, real fast. Uh, we did one transfer. It didn't work. Um, and then I did a saline sonogram, which is where they fill your uterus with um, fluid and look inside. To, it's like, I think it's standard that they do it after a failed transfer. And lo and behold, there was some stuff in there. Um, there was a small kitchenette set and a pair of hiking boots, which is weird. What's that doing in there? Just kidding. I, the, It doesn't matter what was in there. So I had to have another hysteroscopy. This is now my fourth hysteroscopy. Hysteroscopy is where they go in with a camera and they remove anything they don't want to be in there. That's called an operative hysteroscopy. Uh, and they often do them with you awake, but on Valium and Percocet in the office. But they also often do them with you under anesthesia. And when they I had an endometrial biopsy, which hurt so bad that I was like, I don't think I could handle the hysteroscopy awake because just you guys just taking a bit of my endometrium for a biopsy hurt. So the idea of you guys pulling a bunch of shit out of my uterus, I can't do it. So that's why I have had... Well, actually, the first the first one, they didn't even suggest doing it awake. Um, but then the next two I did under anesthesia. So then this one, because my doctor was like, very bothered by the fact that Cause we had just done one at the end of February. So she was very bothered by the fact that it looked like polyps had already grown back. Like what is going on? She scheduled it for the next day. And she's like, I think you can handle it. And I was like, okay. I mean, I trust her anyway. I did handle it so well. She was very proud of me. It really, the sh- there was one shot, um, to numb my cervix that hurt, but the rest of it, she's like, you didn't even flinch. I'm like, I know turns out I am tough. I always, th- I always thought I had a high pain tolerance, But then after the endometrial biopsy, I thought maybe I have a really low pain tolerant pain threshold. Maybe it's actually really low. It's not high. I always thought I have a high threshold, but I'm very afraid of pain. But then after the biopsy, I thought, no, I think I have a low threshold and I'm like, I'm just a wimp and that's okay. I'd rather not be, but I think I just am. And also, not that childbirth is known as like an easy breezy experience, but. It was so, for me, so miserable and I was so bothered by all the discomfort that I was just like, I think I'm low pain threshold lady over here. But now I'm back on the other side of it thinking I have a high pain tolerance, apparently. I think it's just the specific kind of pain. Like I have the most sensitive skin in the whole universe. Daniel will do this thing where he puts his arm around me and then because he's kind of a fidgety person... Daniel, don't listen to this. I feel like this might be related to the nail biting. It's just like an anxiety thing. He just like, he'll just begin. To... That's the sound of his finger just like rubbing back and forth on my arm or something. And then I take my right hand and I go, SWAT! <laughs> and I just slap his fingers gently and lovingly. And then he laughs and says, oh, sorry. He doesn't realize he's doing it, but it drives me crazy. But that's very much in keeping with like when I was a little kid, I was very particular about what clothing my mom put me in, not for style, but for how it felt. If it was something with layers and the seams didn't line up, that could drive me crazy. When I got my period, having to wear a pad drove me crazy. Sorry, this is too much info, but here we go. The pad drove me crazy. I felt like I was wearing a diaper. I could not wear a pad, but I was afraid to use a tampon. So I just like, For my first period, which was miserable, I just sat on the toilet for like five days. Uh, I could not cope. Sometimes I think about how I just cope with having my period these days and I'm like, I have come so far because it really, I really could not, I could not take it in stride. Also, wearing a bra, I could not take in stride because I found it so fucking uncomfortable and I'm still not a big fan of bras. I wear them in public, but... Uh, but like, I, I just, it's so fucking uncomfortable. There's so many things in life that I find so fucking uncomfortable. And I think it's just because like I'm on a surface level skin wise, I'm very sensitive and I feel everything and I'm very annoyed by shit. Yet when it comes to deep internal pain, <laughs> I'm okay with it. It's weird. Okay. Okay. Uh, anyway, back to the best advice you've ever received. Um, I have mentioned this is specific writing advice that I've mentioned before, which is uh, I, I wouldn't have been able to n- see this about myself, but another uh, older than, than me writer said to me, there's a million ways to start a story. You want to explore all of them. Just choose one and go with it. That has been very helpful for me. Although I still do that thing where when I'm writing something I will have like f- a few different beginnings, and then I'll kind of ha- work on each one, and then eventually a few will fall away. But um, oh man, I'm really jumping around because I did I didn't finish telling you my uh, uterus story. I'll tell it real fast because I don't th- I don't know who cares about this. So here we go real fast. Uh, so anyway, it turns out that I polyps grew back really fast, even though I had been on Lubron for a while, which was supposed to suppress it. So she ended up taking out my entire lining. um, And then I was taking estrogen again to build the lining. And then maybe we were going to do another transfer, but she looked and it didn't really have time to heal properly from the hysteroscopy. So she wants me to have another period and then we're going to build the lining again. But my lining is building back like in a thick inflamed way, which is related to endometriosis. And I feel like, well, what, what makes you think that it's going to build back in like a healthy, normal way? We should be squirreling money away for um, a surrogate, but she doesn't think we're there yet. Uh, And also I don't think we can ever, like it's like, it's so, I don't think we can afford a circuit. So, um, and, and I trust that we're not there yet. I did have a conversation with her about like, why do you think that this will work? And she made me understand why she thinks it might work. So fingers crossed. Meanwhile, this is why I am avoiding, trying to avoid, I tweeted about like, what are foods that are high in estrogen? Because I'm trying to avoid those, even though I'm taking estrogen, <laughs> but estrogen is what's making the polyps or the polyp the thick tissue in my uterus grow, but I have to be on it for X, Y, and Z, but I'm trying to avoid extra estrogen. Hence, I have to say goodbye right now to my beloved I can't believe it's not butter because that is soybean oil based. So for everyone who gave me I can't believe it's not butter on my birthday, thank you. It will sit in the fridge until I am ready to consume it again even though I did have a little bit of it in the middle of the night, I can't quit it, but I really need to, except I don't there's probably like very little soy in it actually okay, who's your dream interview? I would really like to interview Monica lewinsky um but I don't know if I'd say that's my dream interview i just she's been on my on my I would like to interview her list for a long time. If you could go back and tell Allie and Michelle anything, what would you say to her? Just practical advice, I'd say. Hey, freeze your eggs. I know that you think freezing eggs is just a thing you do if you're going to bring a child into the world alone and you're not ready to be that person yet. But it's not. It's something you do if you think you're going to have kids late in life, which you might. But I wasn't ready. I w- I didn't... First of all, I didn't have the money. And also I was afraid of it. So that's some pragmatic advice I'd give her. I would also say... Hey, Allie Michelle. (laughs) This Allie Michelle thing isn't going to last. You're going to go back to using your real name. But I would also say uh, it's going to be okay. You're so worried about will you get married? Will you have kids? Will you grow up in the way that you think that you should and blah, blah, blah. And like, it will be fine. It will be fine. The advice that your dad gave you a thousand years ago, which is the right person for you is out there and he's trying to find, he's looking for you just as hard as you're looking for him. Like that is true. And I mean, I believe there's more than one right person for you, but um, I spent so much time, worrying that will I ever get married and will I, and I don't even think it was about the marriage. It was just about finding my partner, about finding my soulmate. Will I find this person? Am I lovable? I think I'm unlovable. That's how I felt for so long. Um, And then like it just kind of all happened and fell into place. And I do think that I had to go through all of that hell to get to the point where I could recognize it. Um, But I wish I could have saved myself from it a little bit. Um, And I think back on some of the advice I received, which is like, you know, don't date this guy. Don't date that guy. Don't waste your time on that. Like, this this is not, you know, if someone's in a relationship and they're paying attention to you, that's fucked up. And I couldn't even begin to process that because I was so starved for attention and affection that if a man paid attention to me, I couldn't see it objectively anymore. And, like, it's so clear to me now, certain kind of attention and affection is disrespectful. Is that a word? It is. Uh, and it's not, it's not really flattering. I was actually thinking about this and I wanted to talk about it on a Thursday show. Hold on, you guys. I'm back. I want to talk about it on a Thursday show. There was something to me that was but i but i wanted to wait until there was another woman on the show there was something so intoxicating about the message of i'm not currently available for a relationship with you however i find you sexually attractive i'm physically attractive i'm available for making out i'm not available for anything else because i'm otherwise spoken for and It's weird that that was, like, so powerful to me because that really is kind of, like, the cheapest, easiest-to-come-by form of attention. A guy who's willing to sleep with you? (laughs) No offense, dudes, but that's the stereotype. It's like guys will sleep with anything. And, and, And I don't think, you know, for example, my husband is someone who was raised to respect women so much so that he can't go to a strip club and enjoy it. Or he's made me believe he can't, but I actually believe he can't. Um, I I think it's, he can't objectify a woman, like he can't, which as a woman, I think that's great. I don't know if, I don't. Well, it'll be interesting now that I'm I'm raising a son. Oh, I think I'm trying to think is there a downside to not being able to objectify women? I don't think so. I think that's only good. Um but I think he would probably say that it it is in the it, it's not unrelated to his tending toward codependency, etc. Um and wanting to take care of everyone and feeling like, you know, a, a lack of boundaries. So many of us deal with that, though. Is it? Does everyone deal with that, I wonder? I don't know. Anyway, yeah, back to that attention, physical, like someone being attracted to you who's not in a position to offer anything real. Why was that so, uh, oh my God, what is the word? Intoxicating. I don't know if if you guys are relating to this. I think if you feel like an unattractive person, then I've then that that's why because it's like someone is, "Oh my god, someone's attracted to me. This never happens. I'm the fat girl. This never happens." So I think that's why that was so intoxicating for me. It seems to be that a lot of women do walk around knowing that men are attracted to them. And, and they have other sorts of areas of insecurity. My specific insecurity was, are men attracted to me? Um, I never worried if people thought I was smart or took me seriously. On the Adam Carolla show, I think that was probably like the first time that I encountered, and this is just comments and tweets and shit, thankfully. Actually, there have a couple times in my life I have been in the presence of someone who is treating me like I'm dumb and it's always weird. It's like, it's frustrating. And also it's like, it's like, it's like a case. It's like missing identity or not missing identity. Um, Oh my God. My brain stopped functioning. Not missing. I I can't think of the phrase. It's uh, like, Oh, you, you think I'm someone, you think I'm someone else? it's very, bewildering to me. But it doesn't make me insecure. It just makes me go like, oh, you're too dumb to get that I'm not dumb. So I guess I'm confident in that regard. All right. I've gone on a tangent. Baked potato are mashed, baked, but you know, in general, I pretty much avoid potatoes. Sorry, potatoes. It's just the way it is. Okay. Nightcloud says, Who did the podcast original cover art? That was a great artist named Kez. He goes by Kazilla. Um, uh, but his name is Kez. Have you considered getting a Bob cut? That's what I'm considering getting, but I don't want a mom Bob. I just feel like I don't wanna I don't wanna be the mom who Well, I don't mind if I'm a mom who cuts her hair. I don't wanna look like a mom. But I do wanna cut my hair. But then sometimes I see myself with long hair and I think, no, I should keep the long hair. I don't know. You guys, I don't know. Okay. John Lopez says, what TV shows are you into at the moment? I need TV shows to get into. We're watching Silicon Valley. I've always loved Silicon Valley. I cannot get into this season. And it's a bummer because Daniel's super into this season. I haven't watched Barry. I think I want to start watching Barry. Um, even Westworld, which I loved the first season. And I, I love the second season, too. But it's just it's, – it's so uh, – it takes a lot of brain power to watch. And I tend to watch it late at night. So I don't know that it's gotten under – well, it has gotten under my – this last episode in particular. So I guess it's under my skin again. But like Homeland, Homeland I was super into. And I always wanted to watch that when we had it on DVR. Um, I liked – this most recent season of Jessica Jones, I guess that would be the second season. I watched that recently. I binged that. I need a good binge show. JB says, just moved to LA. Welcome your thoughts on where to live in Orange County. I liked living in Costa Mesa a lot. I mean, it depends where you're working, but uh, I vote Costa Mesa. That's, that's my vote. Jamal says, how was coming home and being with your family after doing Getting dug with High? Well, I kept thinking I wasn't as high as I was and that it wasn't apparent that I was high, but I think it was. And then Daniel said he could, that I was walking like a high person. I think he was just fucking with me, but he was trying to talk to me about Westworld and the nature of consciousness, and it was not happening. Not at all. So it was fine. But I did, I did have this feeling. Because Elliot, when he saw me, he got excited. He's like, ah! That's what he does. He goes, ah! <laughs> he, like, waddled over to me. And I thought, oh, he's looking at me like I'm regular me, but I'm not quite regular me right now. And I felt a little bit guilty, if that makes sense. Okay. Let's take some questions over Twitter. I'd like to remind you guys, if you like what you're hearing, leave a nice comment on iTunes. If you don't, don't. Or do. um iTunes.com slash Allison Rosen is where you go. And uh, subscribe. I suspect you probably already have. But if you haven't, do. And tell your friends, won't you? You guys, I can't I can't find the piece of paper I'm looking for. Get this, you guys. I think we've already done the questions from Twitter. I didn't make a big point of it. I handled it discreetly. It was somewhat on the DL. That's the thing people say. But uh, it would appear. Okay, hold, hold while I talk out loud. Okay, these are the, this is me talking out loud. These are the questions for Patreon. No. Yes. Yes, Patreon here. Twitter here. Oh my God, you guys, we did it. We did it. If you were Elliot, I would clap and I would say, yay. You're not supposed to say good job to a kid anymore because it makes them dependent on your reaction. So, And Fitzsimmons was the first one who said that. And I remember when he said it at first, I was like, what? That's insane. And then I realized how how much sense it actually makes because I feel like I, I still, and I'm 100 years old, I care way too much about my parents' thoughts about things. Even if I'm not in direct communication with them, which I'm often not as an adult, like I'm not, they don't know everything I do during the day. Still, everything I do is kind of guided by wanting their approval and wanting external approval. So I think it'd be great if Elliot could be freed of needing external approval. Hence, I try not to say good job. It's real hard, though. Instead, I'm just like, you did that. Uh, he has a little xylophone and he can play it with the little mallet. And I always want to go. G- You're playing the xylophone. That's what I say. So it was a lot of of stuff like that. It seems we're at the end of the show, you guys. I'd like to thank you all for sending your questions, for listening, for being the best listener. I have. I often claim that I have the best listeners in all of podcast land, and I don't think that. I'm exaggerating in any way. I think you guys are. I met so many of you at my book signing; it was delightful. You're delightful. I'm the luckiest person in the world because you guys are my listeners, and I love you. I was gonna, I was gonna put uh, a a curse word in there, but I couldn't decide if I was gonna love the shit out of you or love the fuck out of you. So I'm just gonna love you. It's over here loving you. Um, buy my book. Subscribe on Patreon. Send in your... Oh, that is what I didn't do. Just me or everyone. Okay, I owe you an extra long just me or everyone. Just me or everyone. I owe you an extra long just me or everyone. In that case, that would be just me. That's how we do that. Okay, you guys have a fantastic beginning of your week. Have a fantastic whole week. Do what suits you. I want to leave you... I'm going to leave you with some kind of like great advice as you go into this week. But I don't have any. What is it that you, my eyes are closed and I'm thinking, what is it that you need to hear? Be present and exist in the moment. That's probably what I need to hear, but I'm telling it to you as well be present, live in the moment. All you actually have is that moment. I mean, presumably you have many more moments, but, you know, what's the point of fretting over the future ones? Be in the one you're in. Okay. Goodbye, you guys. I love you. See you later. Bye. Hey, do you know about the Alison Rosen show? We had a good time.